0: Welcome to Leading Light. Please visit leadinglightnetwork.com for more information and resources. Hello again. We're talking about faith and it's an exciting topic. We're praying that you become a hero of faith. The Bible says that we should imitate those who through faith and patience inherited the promises of God and we're going to look at some of those people in Hebrews chapter 11 today but what I'd like to do is look at a few verses before Hebrews 11 and a few verses after Hebrews 11 and learn as much as we can about how to imitate these people. Faith is an amazing thing it separates us as Christians from everyone else but also Christians who have faith are overcomers And the Bible says this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. And I'm praying for you that you become an overcomer and a faith-filled hero today. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6 says, Jesus is a mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises than all of those in the Old Testament. Hebrews 10 and verse 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, For he who promised is faithful. What that tells me is that I confess, I say with my mouth what I'm hoping, what I'm trusting God for based on his promises because he is faithful. And this is just giving us a background as to how the heroes of faith became who they were. Hebrews 10 and verse 35 says, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Can I just say to you, my brother or sister, That God wants you to have confidence, to have boldness, to have continual optimism. Not glass half empty, not even glass half full, cup runs over type of confidence. And it has great rewards. And don't cast it away. The world is continually pulling you down. And there are people all around you saying bad things are going to happen. It's not going to work out well. There is a continual negative influence on you. As a Christian, you have to say, I'm not throwing away my confidence. I will hold on to it. Verse 36 of that chapter carries on. This is just the few verses right before Hebrews 11, which is the famous faith chapter. Verse 36 of Hebrews 10 says, You have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. There's a need for us to have stick to itness, to have a, a gritty, Attitude and determination that says I'm sticking with the promises of God and the confidence that I have verse 37 says for yet a little while and he who is coming will come and will not tarry now the just shall live by faith but if anyone draws back my soul has no pleasure in him in other words the opposite of faith is shrinking back or drawing back or withdrawing or being reticent and not confident and then verse 39 says we are not of those who draw back to perdition or destruction, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. In other words, we step forward. The world tells you that if there's danger, you should step back. But God's word says those who draw back are destroyed. Those who step forward with confidence are saved. Isn't that amazing? Then we get to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith, now faith, now Right now we have faith and it says it's the substance of things hoped for. It's not just in the future, it's a substance now. I hope for heaven in the future, but I have a substance of it. I have something of it in me right now. It's the evidence of things not seen. Even though people can't see the spiritual realm around them and the promises of God with their physical eyes, I have evidence of it in my heart. I know because I've chosen to believe that it's true. Verse 2, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. They spoke well and God was pleased with them. Verse 3, by faith we understand that the worlds, everything we see was framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. The spiritual realm is the powerful realm, the parent realm, the eternal realm which has always been there and always will be there. This physical world is temporary. And it was made out of the spiritual realm just by God's words. God's words are powerful. Then we look at a whole lot of the heroes of the faith. Let's go through them, just touching on a few of them. Verse 7 says, By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his whole household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Noah didn't know what rain was. There's a lot of evidence that it hadn't rained yet. And God said, I'm going to send a flood. And it took Noah a hundred years to build the ark. But he was warned of things not yet seen. But he said, there's an invisible realm that I can't see. He used his imagination. He used his will. And he put some legs to it. And he started building an ark. And he was an heir of the righteousness that comes by, by faith. Hebrews 11 verse 8 says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go to a place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. When Abraham was called, God said, leave your father and your your family's household and go to a place which I will show you. Abraham left without knowing where he was going. Why? Because faith sees something beyond what we can understand or perceive with our natural ability. Hebrews 11 verse 9, talking about Abraham, says he dwelt in the land of promise... He lived not just in a physical land with boundaries, but he was living in God's promises. As in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. It was the promise that he lived on and lived in. He was relying on God's promises more than the physical and natural world around him. Verse 10 says, Abraham waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is is God and later on we're going to see that that city was heaven but it's interesting that it says that that city the spiritual city the heavenly city is the one that Abraham considered to have foundations even though he dwelt in many cities on this earth he considered they don't have foundations because the earthly is temporary it will pass away but he was believing that the spiritual is the real the the true the eternal the one with foundations and we're going to come back to this idea of a city a little bit later please keep that in your minds verse 11 says by faith sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised when you read a promise in god's word you say god you are faithful you are not a man that you should lie You don't change your mind when you promise you will do it. I trust your promise and hope builds up. And even though I can't see it with my eyes, I trust that it's real. Just like TV waves cannot be seen, but there's a reality in them. There's a spiritual realm that is more real all around us. Hebrews 11 verse 13 says that all of these people died in faith, not having received the promises. That's fascinating. And I'm going to come back to that a little bit later. It says they didn't receive fully the promises that God had given them, but later on it's going to say that we have received. They didn't yet receive, but because we live in the era where after Jesus has died, we have received the promise, including being filled with heaven itself, the Spirit of God. We have what they didn't have. They had faith in something future. We have faith in something that is already real in us. Quite an incredible verse. It says, they saw them from afar, they were assured of them, they embraced them and they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They saw from afar in their imaginations, they were assured of them, it became faith, they embraced them and they confessed. Something came out of their mouth and said, yes, this is true. Faith speaks that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. Verse 17 says, by faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac... And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. So God said to Abraham, take your only son, the son of the promise. The only way that this promise is going to be fulfilled and go and sacrifice him. And Abraham was willing to do that. Why? How could he he be willing to do that? Verse 19 says, Abraham concluded that God was able to raise his son up even from the dead from which also he received him in a figurative sense. So Abraham said, God is so faithful and his promises are so true that even when I don't understand and it doesn't make sense, even when logic screams the opposite, I'm trusting that he who promised is faithful and the spiritual realm is more real and more powerful and a man can come back from the dead because the spiritual power is real. We said that the resurrection of Jesus is the key source of all of our hope and all of our faith because if... Jesus could defeat death, then nothing in my life is more powerful than him. Hebrews 11 verse 24 says, By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. By faith, verse 27, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. So Pharaoh, the king whose house he'd grown up in, was angry with him. But it says that Moses didn't fear the wrath of the king. Why? For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. He saw the physical Pharaoh with his physical eyes, but he saw God, the great king, with his faith eyes, with his heart eyes. He said, there's a bigger reality than this Pharaoh in front of me. Can you see how faith changes people and makes them into heroes? Verse 31, By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. So Rahab was a foreigner. She wasn't an Israelite. And the Israelites came into to invade Jericho. And she had heard about God. When the, the spies came to her, she says, "'We've heard how God opened up the Red Sea for you.'" Now that was 40 years earlier. Let me just say here that the people of Jericho had been trembling in fear of the Israelites for 40 years. They'd heard about the Red Sea being opened And it took the Israelites 40 years for their faith to grow where they were ready to take the promised land. But they could have taken it right at the beginning because the people were already in fear of them. But Rahab saw there's a greater reality than the world around me. And she took in the spies and she said to the Israelites, save me. I want to be part of God's family. And she became the great grandmother of King David, a prostitute from a foreign nation because she had faith. Her whole life was turned around and she was saved. And became part of Jesus' lineage. He became one of the ancestors of Jesus himself. Amazing. Hebrews 11 verse 32. What more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, the prophets. All of these are heroes of faith. Gideon, for example... God comes to him, an angel comes to him and says, you are a mighty man of valor. And Gideon was hiding in a shed threshing wheat because he was scared of the Midianites who were invading his country. And he said to the angel, who am I? My clan is the least of the clans of Israel and I'm the least of my family. He was was nobody. And the angel said, you are a mighty man of valor. And through faith, Gideon got some hope. He lifted his eyes. He started to think maybe what God says of me is more real than what all the reality around me is. And he grew in faith to the point where he gathered 32,000 soldiers to go and fight against the Midianites. And God said, that's too many people. So he whittled it down to 20,000. God said, that's too many people. Eventually, Gideon and 300 men attacked this enormous Midianite army. All they had was a trumpet in one hand and a torch in the other hand covered by a jar, a clay jar. And they surrounded, just 300 men surrounded this massive army. And when Gideon gave the command, they shattered the clay pot so that their torches shone. They blew the trumpet and they said, a sword for the Lord and of Gideon. And the whole army of the Midianites went into confusion and started stabbing each other. God's power was released. The spiritual realm broke into the physical. Why? Because Gideon, who had no confidence in himself, started to see there's a power, there's a reality bigger than what I can see. That's faith. Barak, Samson, Jephthah. What about Samson? Samson was a man who had incredible strength when his hair was long. And Many of the pictures nowadays uh, portray Samson as being a muscle-bound man like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but actually the enemies of Samson said, what is the secret of your strength? In other words, it wasn't because he was muscular. There was something about him that made him strong that was not his physical muscles. It was faith. He trusted, if I let my hair grow long, if I don't drink wine, if I avoid certain things, then God's power, supernatural, spiritual power will fill me. And faith enabled him to be a hero of, of God's power. Jephthah, David, David overcame Goliath. And we can talk more about that in some of the other videos on this site. Samuel, the prophets, Elisha and Elijah, some of the things they did are, are just incredible. Let me just summarize here. Hebrews 11, it says, who through faith subdued kingdoms through faith they subdued kingdoms. They used the spiritual reality of God's spiritual power and and realm to overcome earthly kingdoms. They worked righteousness. They brought God's will into their worlds. They obtained promises. They stopped the mouths of lions. That speaks of Daniel standing in the lion's den and he's saying there's more reality. This scary horrible lion that wants to eat me. There's a greater reality and faith rose up in him he confessed he trusted and faith enabled the lions to not eat him verse 34 they quenched the violence of fire they escaped the edge of the sword out of weakness they were made strong they became valiant in battle they turned to flight the armies of the aliens women received their dead raised to life again Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. You see their eyes, their spiritual eyes are focusing on the reality that's not just what they can see around them. Still others had trial of mockings, scourgings, yes, of chains, imprisonment. All of these having obtained a good testimony through faith. They spoke well and God spoke well of them. But they did not receive the promise. Verse 40, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. I just want to close this video now by looking at why does it say that they didn't receive the promise in full, but we have. We've already seen that Abraham waited for the city which had foundations, whose builder and maker was God. And that he desired a better, a heavenly country, um, because he was a stranger or an alien on earth. He was looking for a city. And it says God had prepared a city for them. That was the promise that they didn't receive, but which we have received. And the very next chapter, Hebrews 12, says this of you and I. It says, you have not come to the mountain that may be touched. And it's talking about Mount Sinai when Moses received the Ten Commandments and the the mountain shook. And there was an earthquake and thunder and lightning and fire and a sound of a trumpet. And it was very fearful, but it was all physical things that they could see and touch. It says, you haven't come to a physical mountain. And then it goes on to say, verse 22, but you have come to Mount Zion. What's it talking about? It says, you, Christian, have come to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. While Abraham and Moses and all these others came to earthly cities, in their hearts they were dreaming of heaven, but they hadn't got there yet. It says that you and I have got there. We've seen and come to the heavenly Jerusalem, the heavenly city. You might say to me, but I, I, I haven't been to heaven yet. It's an amazing truth, and I'm going to show you that you have heaven in your heart already. It says, You've come to the heavenly Jerusalem to an innumerable company of angels. All around you, there's glory and power. The, the angels of God are all around us. Verse 23 says, You've come to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. We as the church are registered in heaven and then it says you've come to God the judge of all and to the spirits of just men made perfect you see we think I'll only be made perfect when I get to heaven but this verse is saying you're already there your spirit the spirits of just men made perfect you already declared just perfect pure and holy in your spirit you've come to Jesus the mediator of a new covenant to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. In the next video, I'm going to show you why we're already in heaven, how your spirit, if you look in the mirror of God's word, you will see what your spirit is really like, and it'll change the way you feel about yourself and the way you relate to the world and the way you relate to God when you realize how God sees you and that you are already perfect in your spirit and heaven is already living in you. God bless you as you grow in faith. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.